calling Dental Squad. On this podcast, we are dentists joining forces to discuss everything from treatment planning, business, personal stories of success and struggle, and everything in between. Because sometimes the only people who can truly understand what you're going through are those who have gone through it too. So today we have a special treat. (laughs) I will be interviewing a friend and a colleague, Dr. Chris Stryker, who practices in Pennsylvania. Uh, Chris Stryker was one of my co-residents at the Washington, D.C. Veterans Affairs Hospital, and I will be the first to say that when we were in our residency, we had an amazing residency group, wouldn't you say, Chris? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty biased, but um, (laughs) I would say that our personalities all got along really well, and we still have a group text thread that we still check in with each other, you know, I would say at least weekly or so. And we kind of check on cases and we talk about, you know, business stuff and all that great stuff. So it's been really great kind of having these type of colleagues with me as I've been going through the startup process. So I am going to let Chris Stryker introduce himself. Yeah. And, you know, I was a resident always bringing the positivity every day, right? <laughs> so, um, Oh, for sure. Know, for sure. Working at a VA hospital. So yeah, I'm, I'm Chris Stryker. Um, I graduated from the Ohio State University uh, College of Dentistry in 2017. As Dr. Betts said, I went on to do a GPR at the VA hospital in Washington, D.C. Uh, in 2018. After that, during the end of my, during the end of our residency, I knew I wanted to buy a practice, and so I had looked at several different cities, and I ended up buying a practice a little outside of Pittsburgh um, and transitioned to buying that in 2019. Yeah, so it's been about four years. So that's where I currently practice, um, in a town outside of Pittsburgh, a little suburb, and we are a fee-for-service practice. We do general dentistry, we have hygiene. We do restorative. Uh, we do a lot of implants. and. Um, you know, just uh, more comprehensive dentistry, I guess. Uh, a lot of things that we we learned from the VA hospital, just about comprehensive treatment planning. Um, and, you know, a lot of the CE that I took goes along with, you know, just having a more comprehensive practice. And so uh, I have four ops, um, five team members. So it's a smaller practice, about, you know, about three and a half days a week and take a decent amount of time off. So it's, uh, you know, it's turned into be a good practice. Yeah, the dream. So. <laughs> Um, that's where I'm at now. And if I'm correct, you bought the practice immediately after residency, correct? You didn't do an associateship or anything like that in between. Well, I, so I did with the the practice that I bought, I did, I was an associate. Um, so we, we finished our residency, what, in like July of 18. So I joined that practice in August of 18. And then in March of 19, I, I formally took it over. Um, and he stayed on for about five or six months afterwards, just like once one day a week, just finishing up his cases and kind of transitioning and mentoring me. Gotcha. But when you had started as an associate, that was kind of the plan all along. You guys had had that conversation about um, purchasing, right? You For sure. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have been there without having that conversation, you know, many times beforehand about, Hey, this is the timeline. This is the eventual goal is, is to transition to practice. Very cool. Very cool. 
So today what we're going to be talking about is we're going to focus on continuing education in your first few years out of um, dental school or residency. The reason why I chose Dr. Stryker to chat with today is that he and I tend to have um, the, a similar problem of being like CE junkies, I guess, <laughs> but like in a more, hopefully a more like focused um, and intentional way. I would say that in our residency program, we were kind of um, not necessarily left to our own devices, but we were uh, very proactive in making sure that we were obtaining the type of education together that we were hoping for. Like we didn't necessarily get a lot of the didactic stuff that maybe we thought we would get. So we created like our own little study club in the mornings where we would watch beer videos together and, and do that kind of stuff. Um, and then in the first couple of years out, Dr. Stryker and I both achieved our fellowship with the um, Academy for General Dentistry, which was pretty awesome. We were able to experience that together. But basically, you know, I wanted to chat with you because we had similar tracks, but I think you do tend to, because you had, you went into ownership so quickly, you were really intentional about what you wanted to take as far as how you wanted to like augment your own practice. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to kind of ask a couple of questions and we'll kind of bounce back and forth and, and get your opinion on things. So in general, what role has continuing education played in your early career these first few years out? Yeah, it's it's been huge. I mean, I think I just I knew what kind of dentistry I wanted to be doing, um, that which was much more comprehensive. I liked surgery. Um I like the aesthetics, you know, I mean, a lot of these things that everyone likes, but you have to figure out how to do that. And you can't do that unless you know how to do it. And so I was very intentional about like wanting to know what my practice, like having a vision for what it wanted, I wanted it to look like. And so I just sought out those CE opportunities so that I could start developing that kind of practice. Um, you know, without going, without learning those things, um, my practice definitely wouldn't be what it is today. Um, and it still has a long, long way to go. Like I'm not there by any means, but, you know, I think I've done some pretty, um, I'm very happy with the kind of cases that I do every day. And I just, there's just no way I would be able to do that if I didn't take the CE as early as I did, um, and invest in myself as early as I did. So, you know, when you're immediately out of school or residency, you really kind of lack time and money, you know, your own self-perception of time and money. Um, how right. did you go about choosing the CE courses that you've taken thus far? Yeah, and I think what you said is 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 great. Like it's our perception of time and money. I mean, I was just I was as poor as anybody was graduating dental school. Uh, tons of debt. <laughs> I did not make a lot of money as an associate, but I still found a way to do COIS and do some of these other ones that were are not you know cheap. Um, I think it just matters of how much you want to do it or not. If, if you just like our patients, you know, if, if it's a true priority for them, they'll find a way to get the money like they will. And if it's a true priority for you to take a high level course, like you'll you'll find a way to make it work. Um, and if it's not, then you won't. You know, I, I just um, I guess anything like any avenue of dentistry I got into, I just from the very beginning, just thought like, hey, I just want to do it from the, the best way possible from the very beginning, because it's going to return on my investment the most over time. And so you, you had always heard about certain um, CE programs that were that were very high level, you know, Dawson and Panky and Coise and Spear are some of the big ones. And so, you know, from the get-go, I just said, you know, why waste my time with anything less than than what I would consider the best? And so that's the direction I went. 
Um, it just sought, sought out the best CE there is and invested the time and money to do it. And you just got to realize that the investment on yourself and on your practice and, and usually on your team too. Yeah. It's kind of like what we, we try to show patients the value of like what we do. And so it's really the value that you hold in all of those things, right? It's like either you're going to yeah, pay sure. 10 or $20,000 now, and then have the benefit of having that under your belt for years to come and it helping you to like develop your practice or you sit and regret for 10 or 20 years and then you spend the 10 or $20,000 down the road. Right. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So looking back, what has been the best use of your time and money as continuing education goes? And then also the worst, like, is there, is there anything that you can share as far as really enjoyed taking or really think that was, you know, the best to take versus I wish I wouldn't have spent that time and money? Yeah. So um, I could kind of, I briefly mentioned earlier, you know, I, I'm about halfway through COIS, um, the whole COIS curriculum. Um, I have two of the week-long courses, which is like some of the major courses coming up in the next couple of months. Uh, I mean, that's just been the best. I mean, um, everything they teach up there, um, getting to really know and, and interact and talk with John COIS a lot. I mean, he's very open. He's just, he's just the best mentor and, and teacher that you could ever imagine. Um, and it's great because you get you can have one on one time with him if that's what you want and stuff. So, you know, course has definitely been the best for me. Um, it's just so comprehensive. I think even if you like and it's not just about like doing full mouth rehabs and stuff like that. I mean, that's I, I mean, I'm halfway through it and we haven't gotten to that part yet. Like the first track is is, a, I think, a course that every single dentist in the world should take. Um, it's just about everything like you did in dental school the first couple of years that you're like, oh, this isn't that boring, but it actually is. And he really boils boils it down to like incorporating that into your practice. Um, so they do talk a lot about like, okay, like, you know, all this stuff now, but how do you actually use this in your practice and what are the steps to do it? Um, so they have a, and they have a great, um, they have great dentists around the, the country that can help you and mentor you, which is awesome. That's been the best, you know, you know, me and you took uh, implant pathways this past year. And, you know, I've been placing implants since, you know, residency in 2018 and I've done a lot, but even that introductory course was, I thought very good. Um, you get a lot of great hands-on, the teachers are great. Um, Dr. Moody is just an amazing uh, clinician and, and, and mentor and teacher. So I thought that was another really good one. Um, and then those are expensive courses, but they, to me, they're, they were worth every penny and, and all the time I took off for my practice. And then the connections you meet at these, you know, you, when you go to these high, higher level courses, you just meet other dentists that are like you. And so you, you know, take these relationships and can use them and, and develop friends for you know a long time with them, which is great. Yeah. Um, and resources too. A lot of times you share numbers, oh, sure. emails, address, and email addresses, and you can kind of reach out later, which I feel like we, we tend to do with just about every course we take, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's, a, that's the hardest part of some of these courses is, yeah, you learn all this great new stuff. But like, how do you implement it in your own office? I mean, that's tough. And, you know, that's when you need those resources and those people afterwards to be like, hey, like instructor, like I'm in this situation. This is something we went over and, and the course, like, but this is what I'm seeing. Like, and, and I've had people from, from all those courses help me before. So that's been super helpful. Because um, at some point, like, no matter how much you learn these courses, you've got to go back and implement it in your own office and you're going to get stuck somewhere. Yeah. And so you have to have the ability to go back and be like, hey, what do I do now? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's cool. You know, I don't remember where I heard this initially, but um, 
you know, they say that you're like the average of the five people that you surround yourself with the most. Yeah, for sure. And so when we take these higher level courses, I do think it just um, continues to elevate us and puts us in rooms that are filled with the people that we want to be the average of. So I think that's really, and whether I I agree a hundred percent, I mean, it's just, yeah, you are around those other people and you're just like, Oh, you're doing this. Like you're taking this course now. Like you, that gives you other ideas for good courses. Cause you know, if they're taking this course, you, you have like, uh, like this filter, like, Oh, you know, this is a good course. Cause you know, this person is going to waste their time or money. Right. Yeah. And what, I mean, whether it's, you know, there's a lot of different continuums out there. You know, I did, um, while you were doing Coise, I was doing Panky. Um, we've both done Spear stuff, um, Dawson, you know, I think any of the ones that I think are like well curated, the implant pathways, like you said, Dr. Moody is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it all comes down to, I, I'm kind of, it's like when you, a college freshman has to choose their um, discipline or whatever. It's like, they right. don't really know what you don't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So why not right. try like the intro course to everything? I feel like, like you said, yeah, every sure. dentist should take the intro course because it really just opens your eyes to what is possible. And then you can kind of choose your track based on your own practice situation or personality or whatever, kind of like the, you know, the, um, the fellowship exam that we had to take. Um, I was like, every dentist should take this, like every five to 10 years. <laughs> right. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably be taking this. Cause we're like, Ooh, these are things that I forgot or I ignore on an everyday right. basis, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> now not to like call anyone out or anything like that, but is there a CE course or curriculum or anything that you really wish that you hadn't taken or you didn't think was worth your time or money? So I would say yes. And I won't call anyone specific out, but and this has just been my experience. This could be completely different for other people, but I just found like the small little local weekend or evening stuff is just, I absolutely do not do any of that anymore. I did for my first two years and I found it was a total waste of my time. Um, I just found the information was always so bare bones and so broad and not, it was just like, it's basically just like some local person's highlight reel of cases. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's helpful to a certain degree, but after you've seen that 20 times, like, it's like, okay, well, what am I actually getting from the course? Um, so, um, yeah, I don't do those anymore. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think sometimes those, um, they tend to be better for maybe networking. Things, yeah. But <clears throat> even still, it's kind of like, you know, maybe this isn't what we're, what we're looking right. for. Cool. So as I mentioned, you know, you are a fellow of the AGD, which is exciting. Um, are you planning on getting your mastership? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I think I really sought out to make fellowship like a super like priority for me very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I got that, I probably have eased off the gas a little bit. Like I definitely will <laughs> get my mastership, uh, but I'm not like looking at my numbers every, every week and being like, okay, what can I do now to keep increasing things? Uh, I'm just going to let it come a little bit more naturally. Um, you know, I think part of part and part of that is just like, I, I put in a lot of hard work very early on and, um, and I still am, but I do want to, you know, enjoy a little bit, my weekends a little bit more now, um, that I actually have time and, and money to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but I definitely will, will get it. Um, you know, I'll probably be able to get it in the next, in the next five years or so. Um, just based on the, how many C credits I have and, and what my plan is for the future. Yeah. I think 
for me, I think one, you know, because we had done the residency, we were able to take advantage of um, the extra hours that you get because you are a resident. I forget how much that right. was, but it was pretty significant. It's like 150 or something. It's a good amount of hours. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But then also, I think it was important because it was the first time in my like professional or educational career that there wasn't like something else to achieve or like another, you know, right. so it, yeah, I feel like, and I deal with this a lot when I'm teaching the dental students or um, talking to residents after they're just now finished, it's like, so what's next. Right. So I think it kind of helps you with that transition. And then it really pushes you to not become complacent and really just achieve more, you know, in those first couple of years, which is. Good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I like having a goal for something I'm working on and it just keeps things, keeps me motivated. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, Dr. Chris Stryker. I know I'm excited to potentially have you on for another episode, um, especially talking about your acquisition of the practice that you're in now and the first couple of years in practice ownership. I think it would be really great to talk with you um, about your struggles and your successes in that. Yeah, um, for sure. Otherwise, did you have any uh, final tips or statements or anything for the folks before we sign off today? I would just say, you know, figure out what kind of dentist you want to be and what kind of dentistry you want to do. And that's going to direct you to what kind of courses you're going to want to take. Um, you know, if you don't find interest in doing surgery and implants and obviously don't take a waste your time and money doing a big implant continuum, um, or if your patients, if you just don't see that kind of dentistry, then it may not be worth your time either. Um, you know, there's certain things that I do and don't do in my practice. You know, most of the things I do because I want to do, or I don't do because I don't want to do, but there are some things that I just, I don't see a lot. Like I don't see kids. I just don't. And so I'm not going to mm-hmm. take a lot of pediatric courses. I'm just not. I don't do a whole lot of ortho and don't see the whole lot of ortho, or if I do, I have a great orthodontist. So, um, there's some things in, in CE that I really focus on. And I think once you get to a point where you are really good at something, you tend to enjoy that more. Um, and so finding that thing that you can be really good at and also enjoy and, and help people. And, and it's, uh, a really a need in your, your area of wherever you work. I think that's kind of the key to being you know successful clinically. I agree. I feel like a lot of people are kind of pressured into taking CE courses because either their bosses or other colleagues are taking it. It's, you know, like, you know, you have to get really good at molar endo or you have to do this. It's like, okay. I mean, I, I do encourage people to at least give it a try. Like again, take those intro courses. If you find yourself like saying no to a lot of cases, maybe take courses that would help you say yes to a couple of those cases. But if it does not bring you joy, <laughs> like right. more, no, does not bring me joy. So why would I keep taking for that? You know, it's, it's right, more about sure. fulfillment and not necessarily like a notch in your belt. Right. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right. Well, as always, if anyone <laughs> has any questions, they can feel free to email us at dimplesquad22 at gmail.com. I've enjoyed seeing some of the uh, emails that have been g- coming through. We've got a couple of dental students and dental residents that have been listening. So I hope these topics are helpful. And if there's anything else that we can cover or answer for you, please feel free to reach out. And Dr. Chris Stryker, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> and keep being that ray of sunshine that you always are. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, bye now.